You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to today's show. For today's podcast, today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from podgo i recently joined as a member and you can too apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience that's podgo.co at pod p-o-d-g-o dot c-o and a matter of fact don't forget to go on ahead and tell them that movie loves you night sent you. And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to today's podcast. Today's episode, we're actually going to be doing a review for The Wrong Turn. This is the 2021 version of the reboot for Wrong Turn. The very first one came out in 2003. And with me, I have Cisco with me. Say hello to everybody. How's it going? And, you know, I invited him back again because we had such a good time reviewing Freaky. And, of course, we're both horror fans and stuff like that. So I thought, what better way to go ahead and review The Wrong Turn um, horror film than to have Cisco back again with us. So, with further ado, I have to say, I actually enjoyed this a lot more than what I thought I did uh, or would. Because I was like, eh, Wrong Turn reboot, you know, straight to DVD and Blu-ray and stuff like that. You've seen them once, you've seen them all. But with this one, I was actually really surprised by how they have Jennifer's character who was once a weak character and then she winds up being a really strong character later on within the film. I really like that whole entire setup. The very beginning, you actually have her father looking for her and her friends because they're actually camping during this uh, whole entire thing where they actually get abducted by these cannibals. Uh, and, you know, I have to say I love the setup for it. Then, of course, it takes place six weeks beforehand. So, with that being said, what did you think of the setup as far as the very beginning goes? Um, I Yeah, I, I it was a little bit rocky for me, I'm not going to lie, though. But, um, yeah, like you, I thought, like, I had no expectations for this at all whatsoever. Like, I didn't like the um, the sequels. I, I, I do like the first wrong turn, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they lost me pretty quickly in that franchise. So I, w- I really was not looking forward to this one, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, <laughs> I saw it purely just out of interest of um, it's a remake. Maybe they'll do something different with it. Um, and yeah, like, so that's why I checked it out. But yeah, the beginning, it was a little rough. Like, I like that the the cast is more diverse. Right. Um, even though, like, there's there is like a bunch of women in the original, which I like, and it has like uh, Elijah Dushku or whatever, and Dushku, Elijah Dushku, yeah, Dushku, and um, yeah. can't remember the other chick's name in there too. But yeah, I I really do like the. I feel like they're strong characters as well in the original. Right. Um. But yeah, I like how it was more diverse. You have like a gay couple, um, a bi like a biracial couple, oh. and uh, so. I like that. I was like, okay, we're already getting like the more woke version in in this one. <laughs> um, the dialogue was kind of corny though, and so yeah. like at the beginning, and uh, but I think 
they were smart and kind of like making fun of that. You know what I mean? Like it was kind of self-aware that this is how college age kids talk and, you know, are always on their phones. And so like when they, those, the scene that sticks out to me is when they go into that bar and it's like one of my favorite things in horror. Um, I guess my, my favorite example is American werewolf in London when it's just two, two touristy guys that don't know the town. Like they're, clearly tourists and they go into this bar and and everyone is just staring at them and, and it's like super uncomfortable right and you kind of get this like it's a, it's a social anxiety uh which is horror that is horror and, right. and like you know i feel like everyone can relate with like uh the pandemic this past year i mean like walking into a store was like just horrifying with like you know looking around at people right. and trying to put your mask on so exactly. yeah i thought they captured that really well and then like they have this confrontation with this like older guy and you know he kind of he calls them out on their bullshit about like you right. guys haven't held down a real job and uh one of the guys is like being kind of a dick like you know what i mean it wasn't yeah usually in in the horror movies you got the old creeper guy that's like you know you won't make it out alive, like and <laughs> kind of uh, like the uh, old man from the Friday the Thirteenth franchise. That's from the that's, the, that's the one uh, I go to. Yeah, that's the one I was yeah. thinking of too. Um, but yeah, they again. I think they're self aware in that. Uh, even that guy kind of has like an arc in this one that you don't expect. Uh, so that was cool. And um, yeah, like he calls them on their bullshit. Like it was, he, I think, rightly so because mm-hmm. uh, they like they kind of were you know making fun of them like calling him like a hillbilly or whatever and just assuming all the stuff about him and it right. kind of turns turns back around on them and uh i i tried watching the original before this chat i i watched like the beginning i didn't i didn't have time to finish it but i was gonna say it, did it seem like it was outdated compared to it was holding up have- pretty well i'm not gonna lie it was holding up pretty well so far um but i just wanted to bring up that there, there's an old there's an old guy that basically uh same function in this like as in the the like where he, the guy asks him for directions and he's kind of got no teeth and he's like you know the phone's not working and he kind of he's like was can i use this road can i go down this road and he's like it's just dirt and he just he's just not helpful at all basically and the yeah. guy kind of just leaves off and then uh when he leaves the old man's like kind of says something under his breath like you're the one that's going to need help after this or something like, right. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's the, the old guy that warns of danger, uh, trope, right. uh, which, yeah, I was, I, I forgot that was even in the original. And so, you know, bringing it back in the, in the, the reboot was like a good callback to the original and in horror movies in general, that's just like super common, super, super. That's common. true. That's very true. And not only that, but I have to say, I love the opening scene though, too. You don't see the main characters, or anything like that until the father brings up the fact that his daughter's been missing for six weeks. And then Matthew Modine. Right. Matthew Modine, which I was very, uh, yeah. Like you don't really see him in movies anymore, but, um, definitely like seeing him. Uh, I think the last time I, I I even seen or heard of him, he was, uh, promoting, uh, the full metal jacket 4k release last year for the, for the anniversary. And so, uh, but yeah, yeah, I haven't seen him acting in a while. So for for him to come in, in in this movie, I'm like, there has to be something that he liked in this that uh, that he saw in the script, and like I can see why, having seen it. Um, Same. I, I generally like this movie. I was very like impressed with just the the twists and turns they managed to put in here. It's not just the same old. Like I had knew ahead of time. Um, I don't know how like spoilery you want to get into yeah, this. We'll get spoiler with it. I mean, I don't know how many people have seen it. That's the only thing I'd be like worried about. I don't want to ruin it for people, but so kind of minor spoilers just right here. But like I had known ahead of time, someone had warned me, like, don't expect the same sequel, like the same things that are in the sequels, like hillbilly rednecks that are killing people. It's not that. So I, I that's what I was expecting, to be honest with you, because I didn't know what I was expecting. So I'm glad I actually didn't know what I was expecting. Okay. Because I was like, okay, this is probably going to be hillbilly uh, cannibals, like the last, like the very first one. I went into it with that kind of expectation. And I have to say, I love the fact that they didn't do a rehash of what they did with the very first one. And they made something of their own, which is something I can actually appreciate. Also, too, 
you know, you already you're wondering too whenever um, Jeffrey's inside the bar, like what kind of kids were were these kids that were going on this camping trip? What were their experience like? What was their personalities like? Mm-hmm. And you realize that one of the guys is really dickish, like you mentioned. They're out of this strange town. You can tell that they're straight up uh, tourists that don't belong in this right. uh, bar scene or anything like that either. And they're making cracks about hillbillies, rednecks, stuff like that. They're li- they're a fish out of water. They don't know uh, what to expect with this town or anything like that. And they're just making wise cra- cracks about them. And I also like the fact that this guy, this country guy, just comes out of nowhere and calls them out on their own BS and everything. And, you know, they're like, okay, you you know what, kids? If you want to go on ahead and risk your lives out there, go ahead. I don't care anymore. You guys are all assholes to me. Is basically what he's saying. <laughs> but yeah. normally, it's the old man that warns them about not going off the path. But instead, it's actually the hotel owner that they're staying right, in, right? Which I find really different. Which is something I can appreciate instead of doing like the whole homage to all the other horror films that we've gotten, like Friday the 13th, where the old man is warning them, you kids, do not go down to Camp Crystal Lake. And yeah. instead, I got something completely different, which is something I'm totally okay with. But she starts off kind of being, like, uh, creepy with the town, too. Like, the whole town vibe was was off. Um, kind of like, I like in the It movies, too. That's, like, right. the, one of the things I like that uh, they explore, which is in the book, is the whole town. Like it, it is a separate entity, evil entity in himself. But it's kind of infected the town yeah. to where they they kind of subconsciously know that Pennywise exists, but they just ignore it. Right. So, like, when, whenever the, yeah. they're in, in, a, in the horror movies, when like it's just a town and they have like this folklore and and something's going on, I kind of got that vibe from the early scenes, especially um, that they knew you, they knew something was going on and like, yeah, just as, as far as a remake goes, like um, this is, I think the reason it's successful as a remake is because it's not shot for shot remake, which I always, I, I never understand the purpose of. Um, I wish Disney would stop doing live action remakes of <laughs> uh, my childhood movies. <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> Uh, the point of you know making uh, live action animals talk um, yeah don't get it but ideally a, a good remake should be you take the spirit of the original you take like the core concepts and you do and you update it into something new into today's world uh, right. and so I think they did that I mean the only thing you really need in a wrong turn movie is in the title they take a wrong turn and they're in the woods and and some, and some crazy shit happens. And yeah, like I said, that's all you need. They did. They, they followed that premise. Um, And I think, yeah, like it was very surprising the direction they took with it, but I was, I was on board with it. Like once you kind of find out what it is, um, I was like, I was happy with it. And even when you kind of know where it's going, I still think they managed to pull out some surprises that, I watched it with my roommate, so we were going crazy the whole time. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of a lot of visceral reactions. I loved the gore factor. I thought it was like it was really gory. Um, kind of like the first couple of deaths when you don't know what's going on. It it, it ramps up pretty fast. Uh, it does. <laughs> Once they start getting into the traps and everything, it doesn't yeah. start stop slowing down. Once they yeah. start, especially the camping scene where they don't realize that they're even on the campground of some some type of war yeah. type thing that they had going way before the uh, right before the civil war if you think about it so i definitely love that how they didn't know that they were camping out on that graveyard and then their phones are missing they don't right. have a way of calling or anything like that gps is down and then you know what jen is like MacGyver pretty much. Her father taught her survival <laughs> tricks, mm-hmm. which is no surprise because her father's from Full Metal Jacket, so you actually have to. <laughs> but, you know, I thought she was going to pull out a map <laughs> or right. something. And instead, it's just a landmark. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm for that. <laughs> but the gore part for me, the, the goriest thing was whenever it first gets started where you have that log falling down the hill. 
and then it crushes mm -hmm. the um the uh, the other guy's partner and mm -hmm. i really have to say that may and also too this i have to give props to the sound people who made the sound effects mm -hmm. for it because i was hurting all the way from them tumbling i'm like oh, oh I know, geez, yeah ah, I, I was ah. like wondering what you're saying but yeah we we i was impressed by that too cuz uh you can just yeah th those are actual stunt people that have to fall right. like that right when they when they do scenes like that so uh I i'm always impressed when they can do that like falling down the hill convincingly and it, yeah it looked like it hurt it looked like <laughs> it looked <laughs> it like you were falling down a, a mountainside for sure it was pretty yeah brutal hold on we got it. hey rossi how you doing She's gonna What's actually going gonna be on the show for tomorrow night re reviewing White Boy Rick. So okay, yeah, I know, I know you you were saying that last week. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I have to say I thought the stunts really worked with that. Also, too, yeah. like I said, the part that really got me was whenever the log falls down the hill and it crushes crushes the uh, the partner. I was like, ooh, I, I wonder what this is actually going to look like. And then when they show it. Mm -hmm. The guy is all crushed up. His face is uh, yeah. It's it's crushed. it's a hard R. It's and, yeah. and like again, uh, for remakes, they they should always be in the spirit of the original. The original is hard R, yeah. uh, and very gory. So very happy that they kept that with it. Or you know, if you are gonna do uh, an updated version of of a horror story, it I, I feel like going up is acceptable. Going down is as less excites me less you know what i mean like going from pg-13 to r because you know at least you could add in some gore and other elements like that but if you're going down to pg-13 and the originals are i already know it's going to be like watered down you know what i mean like exactly. it's not going to be um which i think they did with a lot of the japanese uh when they were you know remaking all the japanese films for american uh, audiences yeah. I, I'm pretty sure all the originals in Japan were like rated R and then we made them PG 13. So, right. and if you watch those originals, those are way more brutal than, than the American ones we have here. So yeah, that's just like a personal preference though. But uh, what do you, what do you think about that? Do, do you to be notice honest that? With you, yeah, I do notice that how watered down it is whenever it's PG 13 versus rated R mm -hmm. to me, I'd rather it be rated R for a reason, not for the sake of it being rated R. Mm -hmm. If it fits in with the continuity of the story, if it actually fits in with what they're trying to create, I'm all for it. But if mm -hmm. you're just trying to save some audiences from seeing it to PG-13 and it's just not motivating the plot and it's just watered down, right. I think I'm not for it. Because yeah. I'd rather it be rated off for a reason. I want it to motivate the plot. I want the gore to motivate the plot, not just for the sake of having gore or anything yeah. like that, too, which I felt like. It the gore and everything itself for Freaky motivated the plot. It knew what it was. Yes. Same thing with Ron Kern. I felt like it was the same thing. It knew what it was. So therefore, the gore actually motivated the plot. It was not just there just to be there to uh, mm -hmm. to glorify gore. So that's something I can appreciate from the directors and writers of this movie as well. And, you know, PG-13 for me, I, I saw some good PG-13 movies that are really good and then some mm -hmm. that are not so good. But I'm like, why did you make this PG-13? It has so much potential mm -hmm. to be rated R, and you could do so much more with it. Yeah. But I think yeah. they're also afraid to limit limit their audience, though, too. But at the same time, I've seen people bring their 10-year-old kids to see Deadpool. So really, right. <laughs> if mm -hmm. they're going to go out and see it, they're going to go out and see it no matter what. So Yeah. Okay, yeah, I just wanted to, to get your thoughts on that, because I always think yeah. that's like interesting when you're talking about remakes and, and horror right. in general. Um, I also wanted to bring up too. I think I. It, how do you? Uh, how does it sound if we do like ten more minutes of just general thoughts and then we get into spoilers? You okay yeah, with that? Can, yeah, we can do that. So at least we'll give people a warning that we're not getting into any massive spoilers for like the next ten minutes, and then after that, exactly. If you haven't we're seen it, turn it off. <laughs> okay. But yeah. yeah we won't give the ending away. We'll just give you glimpses of who those characters are, what they're like, the tones of the mm -hmm. characters, things like that. But okay. my initial thoughts is this. I mean, the gore factor worked for me. The kills worked for me. Mm -hmm. And stuff like that. I thought the payoff was really good yes. when they're trying to do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the thing that got me was whenever uh, one of the kids uh, fell down 
uh, is actually chasing after the girl. His foot gets tangled up in the chain, and is, he's being dragged away. And the next thing you know, mm-hmm. he's in a hole. Right. And they don't and they don't know where he's at or anything like that. And they're like, well, maybe there's this is a landfill or whatever. Maybe minefield. Maybe we can actually look and see where it leads to. I'm like, you guys are lost in the woods with no map, <laughs> no GPS, nothing. And you guys are going to try and find out where it leads to. <laughs> You're going to get lost even more and fall into more traps than what, mm-hmm. than what you guys are going to be going in. But I definitely have to say, I love that stunt right there. Right. Yeah. The, the falling down stunt, like you said earlier, I thought was cool. Um, pretty, yeah, pretty much all the gore was like very effective. Well, I'll get into it. I'll get into it more. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll get into it more when we, when we talk about spoilers, because there's some really brutal ones that I remember. But um, yeah, ge- generally, like I did enjoy the film for the most part. I would recommend renting it if you're not very confident about it. I've been looking for it like to buy it. I just haven't seen it anywhere, unfortunately. On eBay, is on sale for like 18 bucks on eBay. Okay. But yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's just like a trend I've seen like in stores stop carrying physical media. Mm-hmm. Like even when it was like like first release though, I'm like, it's new, it's new. It just came out. They have to have it. And it's like, they're not, they don't carry it. So, <laughs> which That's sucks. Crazy, though. I'm a collector. And so I used to look forward to that on, on, you know, every week doing that. Um, But I also wanted to point out too, another thing that drew me to it. And if you're worried about uh, watching this still, even though we're both re- recommending it to you guys. Uh, the original writer of the first one it, uh, came back and wrote this one, uh, Alan B. McElroy. And so, like, when I saw that in the trailer, I was like, okay, at least they have the original guy. He's more, most likely not going to try and butcher his baby uh, in the original one. <laughs> and, uh, right. yeah, not, just looking over, like, his IMDb, he has an insane, like, IMDb credit. Like, I'll just read you some of the credits that I thought were pretty, like, crazy because – He's this guy's all over the board. So he started off. Uh, he did Halloween Four: The Return of Michael Myers, which uh, I think is okay. It's not like right. one of the best ones, but it's still it's not one of the worst ones by far. No. So it's it's somewhere in the middle for me as far as like the franchise goes. Uh, and then he did Spawn, the <laughs> the Spawn <laughs> movie, which uh, yeah probably doesn't hold up at all. Anymore, no, I'm guessing. <laughs> uh, wrong turn. Of course, the first one and in this remake now, the Marine with John Cena, which I never saw, but I heard that was pretty bad. It was good. It was really. You good. liked it, okay? Yeah. And then he did. Uh, and then yeah, I don't think he did any of the sequels. They just have him credited because he did the first one. Um, and then yeah, and and this new remake. So I just thought like that's that's a crazy IMDb like all across the board. He did superhero stuff. He did an action movie. He did a Michael Myers movie, and now he did two Wrong Turn movies. Like. That's He's pretty impressive. Diverse. Yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't find anything on the director, unfortunately. I think he only did like one film or like a short film before this. But I, I thought the directing was was good as well. Like, Me too. Um, you know, it's part of the you know hard part of, of doing movies like this is kind of like uh, shooting it at night because you have to be able to see what's going on. Uh, but I think they kind of solved that problem uh, pretty well towards like the middle and the end. And you know, even when they even when they get lost, like <laughs> I think they do a good job of, uh, you know, you're talking about the characters like getting lost and stuff like that. I thought it was accurate because that's that would be that would happen with with the, like newer generate college kids is like you you take away their phones, they're not going to know where to go. Like they were <laughs> they oh. were completely <laughs> completely like hindered after that. So I thought that was definitely like accurate to to what and you know that it it, al- it almost um made that old guy right of what he was saying to them. Like you guys have never. And I was thinking that the whole movie, I'm like, why did he like, that has to mean something that he said that like, you guys have never worked a day in your life and blah, blah, blah. And like the, the main girl, she kind of sticks up for her friends. Like this guy is a doctor going to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. And this, um, and she like goes around that he, he uh, has a, like a realtor Remember or something like, right. He did a couple of uh, restaurants. This other one. Yeah uh is about to start his own business and things like that and and that that comes back later on too so i think he's smart with the screenplay because there's all these little seeds that he plants at the beginning and if you pay attention like i said i watched with my roommates and like we we were kind of like we 
you can tell it's a good movie because it had our attention the whole time. Like we weren't, if it's a bad movie, we're just talking through it and like, we don't care. You know what I mean? Like we're just joking and laughing, but this one had our full attention. Uh, you know, my roommate's girlfriend was scared. You could tell <laughs> she was, and uh, she, no, she normally doesn't watch movies with us. Uh, honestly, she's, but uh, she, she was like thinking about leaving and she stayed because the movie had just, you know, drawn her in so well. So I think, like I said, I think that speaks to the, the direction, the acting, um, I, if I, if I had like a nitpicking, like the dog, like I said, the dialogue is cringy sometimes. And like, um, but other than that, I mean, I, I've really, I really like this one. I thought it was I, as good a remake. You could probably make a, for a wrong turn movie, in my opinion. I, I agree to be honest with you. It glued me in as soon as we actually saw the little seeds being planted and things like that about how it would actually come back later on about, the characters and the background of the characters because that's something that actually glued me into it was the background of the characters what they did before the hiking trip you actually feel like you're on this journey with them you actually feel like you're following them in the woods also too you know i definitely liked the whole entire setup like you mentioned and at first i was like okay i don't know if i'm gonna be as glued in or anything like that because i've seen the very first one but then as soon as they start introducing the characters as soon as they start getting the build-up for it and also, too, an hour and 52 minutes is perfect for a horror movie and every yeah. and stuff like that. One time, don't even feel like an hour. It feels like it's like 30 minutes, and you just want to see more because you're that enticed into the film, which is something mm-hmm. I appreciate. Um, also, too, I've been wanting to see the douchebag guy die since the very beginning of the film because yeah. it just got on my nerves. So... So that one thing I, I I did think another like nitpick I did think it could be cut down a little bit more like you know my ideal runtime is like ninety minutes especially for a horror right. movie I feel like you just get in and out uh, you don't overstay your welcome like I think they they definitely could maybe could have cut like five to ten minutes out of this like just in the middle somewhere you know maybe some of the dad scenes they could have right. kind of condensed maybe some of those scenes because they're not really essential to the plot until the end. True. Uh, you know what I mean? So, and then the other thing I wanted to say, um, I wanted to ask you something too, go ahead. Towards the, but it's going to be towards the end of it because you remember okay. how Vince Vaughn's character comes back at the, towards the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And someone comes back towards the end of this movie. I want to yeah. get your initial thoughts on that and what mm-hmm. you thought about that later on. Okay. So what was the other thing you mentioned? Sorry. I just, I completely blanked on you. You were mentioning the runtime and then what did you say after that? The runtime, the, uh, the, the characters, something about the characters, yeah, the, the character development with the seeds that's been planted in there. Uh, I really thought that was oh, really the, good. the douchebag character. I remember now. Yeah, the douchebag. So yep. the douchebag character, like I, I, I was with, I was like against him in that bar scene because, like, like I said, he was being a douchebag. Like clearly, he did not have to go like that. And then I love that one scene where like they're leaving the bar and you just see that kind of like shadowy figure like in the distance. And the guy throws his bottle. Like first, they kind of like berate him, and then he like throws the glass bottle at them. And I was like, "Oh, that guy's fucking dead!" Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's it's basically the guy that's gonna get them killed the most. Yeah, it's it's yeah. you know same thing in Freaky when when as soon as you get to the the IG influencer girl and she's you know talking shit to to Millie, you're like, "Oh, she's dead." Uh, so yeah, I I was I was on board for for uh like against him but then i'm not gonna lie like when shit started going down going south i was more on his side because they kind of have this debate about like you know um and we can get into like spoilery stuff yeah i guess now but okay so one of their friends in that in that log scene like you said gets crushed uh one of the gay guys which i was like they gotta kill the gay guy first come on that's kind of messed up but <laughs> that, that was messed up to be honest with you i wasn't sure i'm like they're progressive i'm like they're being kind of progressive with just having them in there but then i'm like and then they kill him first uh but i guess that's what the freaky thing if you're gay or black you're gonna die first so right um but yeah so then he dies and um was he like hispanic i can't remember the gay i think the it was gay hispanic sp- yeah so he, the gay hispanic dude dies and then, you know, they all start freaking out and, you know, there, there's kind of this debate going on about like, you know, someone had to have sent that rolling down the hill. It can just come out of nowhere, <laughs> like, you know, right. and when they when they capture one of the guys, 
um, you know, he 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 kills one of the the captors uh, in self defense. Right. In self defense, he does he go a little overboard? Yes, yeah. he goes kind of overboard. But you you can't really well, speak to to what you would do in that situation. You're 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 being kidnapped by these guys in these creepy skull masks. I didn't blame him honestly. I was like, yeah, yeah fuck fuck these guys and. The fact that they like, I think the main girl kind of was like giving him shit and being like, "Right, you killed, you killed that guy. What did you do?" I'm like, "Bitch, what?" <laughs> I'm like, he did what he had to do. He was kidnapped, and like, yeah, it comes back later uh, that maybe he made the wrong decision. But like in that moment, I was like not mad at him at all. I'm like, that's self defense. If you right. get kidnapped, like it's it's even the stand your ground. Uh, law you know what i mean someone comes on your property you don't know who they are you can shoot them in in some states and and legally you're inclined to do that so that's how i took it and i guess there's an argument to be made uh because you find out later that it is their land that the the the, um the characters are walking on when they make the wrong turn that the kidnapper like could have felt that way or whatever but they were talking in this language where you couldn't understand. No, <laughs> you know what I mean. So again, I didn't. I didn't blame. I didn't blame him for for making that decision. Um, but it does come back to bite him in the ass at the end. So, <laughs> like, so. But I'm. What I did am you think about that? Okay, so this is my initial thoughts. I, I actually am in agreement with you as far as the douchebag goes, yeah. defending himself. Because number one, he was dragged in that hole with the thing wrapped around his ankle. Yeah. And exactly. then they're carrying up on, on a stake, like a Bugs Bunny cartoon, getting ready to go and boil him. Right. Yeah. There's and two then, guys. They're carrying him like that. Like they're about to roast him. And I was like, man, he had every right to do and that. Then on top of that. He thinks his girlfriend, they did something to his girlfriend too, because she's missing. Mm, that's so, right. Yeah. And he also promised her too, that he would never leave her. So all that is wrapped up, and they combined. can't call for they can't call for help. Their phones have been taken away. Yep. They can't call nine one one. That's not an option. Like, right. it felt what reasonable. It felt reasonable, like what you would do in that situation. At least for me, it, me too. I would have actually done the same thing. Now, what yeah. I kept on once I saw the guy, was right? Down yeah, and I was kneeling on his head. <laughs> I would actually just stop right there. Stop. But he yeah, the extra mile. Even like incapacitating him might have worked, but I don't like in horror movies. I have a lot of leeway with that because you never know when you're pushed to that that brink. You never know what you would do, and it's like so. That's why like people uh, try and say like in the Halloween movies or whatever, like in the first one, how she like drops the butcher knife a bunch of times, and like people get mad about that. But I'm like, you know, she's not a killer. Lori's not a killer. She's she's a teenager babysitting. You know, like nice. she she defends herself and then she drops the knife and it's but like, yeah, that's totally that that checks out to me. A babysitter is a babysitter is not a cold stone killer. She just did it <laughs> to defend herself. How was she supposed to know Michael Myers is going to come back? And, and like, you know, he's this boogeyman. She didn't know. Exactly. So I don't I don't find that as a flaw. I know some people like to say that. But um, no, I don't think because... it's a flaw at all. That's just you don't know what you would do in that situation. You don't know. Exactly, because Lori, like I said before, this goes back to Freaky. Teenagers mm-hmm. don't think rationally or anything like that either. Mm-hmm. Lori thinks that the perp is down for right. the count. Michael's not going to get back up. He's dead. He, she's trying to defend herself and also help protect the kids that she's babysitting. Yeah. So he, she automatically thinks, okay, I can let my guard down. He's dead. I got to get these kids out of the house. That's her, her next MO. Right. MO. And then all of a sudden, Michael comes back. And she's got to go back to defending herself again. Exactly. So it's, it's all self defense. All her stuff right. is in self defense. She's not a killer, so it makes right. sense that she wouldn't keep the butcher knife the whole time. She wouldn't do right. that. She's she's only acting in self defense. That's what makes her the final girl. Right. Um, and we do have a final girl in this one. Uh, what did you think about? Um, you know, the main. What is her name? I'm, I have it right here in front Jen? of me. Jen. Yeah. Jen was yeah. the main character. Yeah, yeah. Jen, Jen Shaw. What did you think about her as a final girl? Because I have thoughts to, about that. To be honest with you, I like how she started off as a weak character. Even mm-hmm. though she's kind of strong, but at the same time, she's also shows some type of weakness and stuff like that. But then once you start getting into her story arc, where she mm-hmm. has to try and negotiate these characters from killing them and everything, yes, she's panicking, but at the same time, 
she's trying to find some type of rationality to help them out in this situation. So mm-hmm. and then, of course, I feel like her story arc was really good because of the mm-hmm. fact that, you know, when her father winds up coming down near there and everything else, and she tries to act like he doesn't exist to her or anything like that, I thought that played out very well. Yeah. And we, okay. Like, yeah, we right. should probably we should probably set up now like what you know the whole right. crux of the movie. So basically you find out that instead of like you know crazy redneck people that are just like deformed redneck people that are killing like the whole wrong turn series has been up to this point. They're basically like a, a village of Viking people that have been there for like hundreds of years, you know what I mean, for since the beginning of American history and Basically, I, I disagree that that Jen starts off weak. I, I actually, I actually think she starts off pretty strong because when they're arguing with that old guy in the bar, she's the one that sticks up for everybody. You know what I mean, and kind of like defends them, which I kind of liked because then that that just kind of made her like a natural leader in my opinion. And so then when they get captured and shit starts to go down, and basically they're literally put on a trial uh, in, in this village. Um, she she's still trying to defend them, but at the same time, um, you know, they kind of have to pay for their, their actions. But the way that she kind of assimilated, um, it kind of made it, it was interesting because it kind of went into like a deeper debate that I was expecting about like, you know, she's a pacifist. She's like nonviolent. She doesn't believe in violence. Uh, but this village does believe in violence and, they do have a, they'd have a court system, but there there is punishment by death in this in this village. You know what I mean? There it's kind of barbaric to our standards, but at the same time, when they they put one of the guys on trial, they're like, "You killed one of our villagers," uh, and the price for that for a murder is murder, basically like an eye for an eye. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's interesting because I guess it's commenting on you know other you know, foreign countries and stuff like that, we kind of, we can view them as behind on the times or barbaric, you know, in their thinking and their way of life, they can easily think of us in that same way. And so I like that they did that, that kind of culture clash. Um, And for like a while there, uh, Jen and her boyfriend kind of have to, to, to blend in with that society uh, which I wasn't expecting, but <laughs> it, it, it was crazy, man. It was, it was uh, kind of reminded me of like the village, uh, M Night Shyamalan's village, where you know, where because it is a village of people that are living. You know, I guess kind of spoilers for that movie too. But if you don't have you seen that by now, but it's it's a, a village of people that are are carrying out their ways in modern time, uh, and so that's exactly what this was, and so. Yeah, I, I like that they had a a personality. The village did. It wasn't just like you know crazy rednecks, which worked, which worked in the first one for me. I like the first uh, first wrong turn movie, but um, the fact they made it kind of this deeper village in their own ways. And the guy who plays the king, the actor, I thought he did a great job because he was like, you, I bought him as a Viking. That guy was huge. He looked like a Viking. He was as soon as he entered the scene, you knew this guy's in charge. And, uh, you know, immediately he's like, you know, he kind of tries to make Jen his queen. And I was like, oh, God, like (laughs) my mind immediately just went to like the worst places. Like, is she going to be like his sex slave? And like, right. I automatically thought of Game of Thrones for some reason whenever I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of when um, uh, what's uh, the Stark? She gets like raped after the arranged marriage. That's exactly what I was expecting, too. I was expecting the worst uh which thankfully none of that is like seen like there's nothing like that but that's tough for even me to watch uh, even though i like horror movies and stuff like rape scenes and stuff like that i just it's it's tough for me i I, it yeah sometimes that's probably the one of the lines that i just can't do it um i liked in the village there's they have this thing too where so as we said punishment by death is one thing they have in this uh society Another thing they have is you can live in this kind of dark darkness. room. Yeah, the darkness, and they burn your eyes out. They yes. with a like a hot poker, they burn your eyes out, and so you're blind and you're walking in this dark room, kind of like a blind zombie. 
that shit was creepy as hell, man. That was, was creepy as hell. <laughs> you, know, you don't expect once you actually see how many people are actually down there with the other partner, right? You realize, oh shit, there's been more people that we've seen. Don't get me wrong, we've seen the cell phones, we've seen the clothes and stuff like that inside that little shack when they come across it. Mm-hmm. But once you get into the whole entire realization, okay, there's a lot more people down here than what we actually thought. And it's, it's the zombie-like feeling for to, uh, and everything, too, this horrified feeling that these guy, people are down there. And then she sees her uh, the, her one of her friends down there, and he's just miserable. He's Ooh, just... That was the other gay dude. Dude, yep. the, gay, the gay guys got it the worst in here. That's what I was saying. I was like, this movie's bogus. at least one of them could have got like lighter like a quick and easy death they got the worst deaths in my opinion they got one got got squished and the other guy got blinded in forever for eternity right um so yeah that was that was that was that's that creeped me out man (laughs) that was my reaction that was my reaction i was uh you know kevin McAllister in home alone (laughs) with my eyes too like no um what else what else um yeah i'm trying to figure out kim said he found a copy at best Mm. buy yeah actually that's that's one of the first places i looked and my best buy has been just condensing 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 their physical media section it's pretty sad and they're down to like one aisle of blu-ray stuff and 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 the new releases uh i i went this last week uh they had like one new release they used to be like a bunch of new release stuff they had i mean they had the one i was looking for i was looking for promising young woman and i bought that one but i'm like i know that wasn't the only new release that came out this week you know like so um (laughs) same thing with wrong turn i i I came there when it was the week it came out and didn't have it they didn't have it so i think unless you're like a major studio release i don't see (laughs) i don't know Oh, me too, man. I got yeah, I got I got shelves on shelves that <laughs> more than Best Buy, yeah, hundred percent. But yeah, the darkness thing was definitely something that I found fascinating with how they basically you killed them by blinding them mm-hmm. and everything because there's more. Well, it wasn't it wasn't killing them though. It was basically like purgatory. Oh, right, it was like what, right, yeah, it's a but, it's a life of just you're just just a zombie of feeling around and and. I was like, do they feed them? I'm like, how do they how do they eat? And I guess they kind of just like throw slop in there. It was so disgusting. It was so it was, it oh was. my god. That's a nightmare. But That's nightmare feel right there. <laughs> it definitely was. Um also too, you know, I really felt bad for Jen because now she, she's also with that um, with the guy now. She's basically the queen. Then you also have yeah. Her boyfriend because and get this the boyfriend didn't even want to be a part of that he just wanted to go ahead get his eyes darkened and go inside the dark hole and be done with it mm-hmm. but he's like what are you doing because what you're good with your hands you can tell them what to do what to build and they're like well we have people for that and then yeah. every single thing that she was describing they have people for and then mm-hmm. finally she said well he'll be a good leader for your people and everything that can help with uh the building and things like that mm-hmm. and then that's whenever his life actually gets spared and next thing you know it, that's when we break into her father and stuff like that coming up mm-hmm. on, on the hill, on the mountain. But what I have to say about this, though, was the fact you realize what she's giving up. She's giving up her body to this guy that she don't even know. It's a, it's a survival her- survival tactic, though. You know what I mean? It's right. it's You know, like I said, you don't know what you would do in, in, when you're right. pushed to your limits. And so... I like like how I said at the beginning how I yeah like how she stuck up for her friends at the beginning I I I dug that because it was like it told me she cares about her friends and then like kind of similarly when they're about to be put to death or in the darkness I should say rather um, she sticks up for them again and she's like we can be useful to you and you know we can blend in with your your society and your rules and whatever and convinces them kind of that that was a viable option and they and they kind of go along with it. I wouldn't say the boyfriend wants to go in the darkness. I don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't think anyone wants that. That. That's like. Yeah. yeah. That's worst case scenario. But yeah, he was kind of freaking out about what she was saying. But um, ultimately, yeah, it did work out better for them in the end. And then, yeah, it kind of. So it's kind of a, like a. 
it's kind of does a lot of tone switching, but I, like I thought all of it worked like so because mm-hmm. you're you're kind of in a horror traditional horror movie in the woods, lost in the woods horror movie um, for like the first, you know, third of it. Or, and then in the middle, you're kind of in this, you know, village. Um, they're explaining to you what's what the village is all about and the history of all that. And then in the last third, you get the dad um, going and looking for his daughter and trying to like, you know, basically save her. And, and yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. Cause then you get the, you know, the, the old guy at the bar kind right. of hel- helping him out. Um, well, you realize that she helped him out in, in the beginning with, you know, like the advice she gives, like medical advice, basically she gives him and he, him and his son take the dad, right. Or whatever. Right. Or, no, it was, a, it was another yeah. guy. He takes right. him to this other, this other guy and his son, uh, and they're going to take him out in the woods and be like you know because they're a hunt they're guide. experts at hunting and stuff yeah they're guide and um i thought they were pretty weak i'm not gonna lie yeah. <laughs> i was expecting <laughs> a lot more i mean they, he 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 provided the dad with some supplies and stuff like that but ultimately the dad was like the main badass character of of all of them you know what i mean they they right. they did not put up a fight much of a fight at all i was kind of yeah. that was kind of anticlimactic for me what did, what did you think of that to be honest with you, I'm on that same level as you because I'm like, okay, you've got these hunters helping him out. And then when they're they get, supposed to be the experts, they're supposed to be the best right, of the best. So. Right. And it's like, nah, you're not even close yeah. to being the best of the best because, okay, yeah, you showed us a, I can trip this uh, trap here. Look at this trap here. If you walk across it, you'll wind up di- dying. And then, you know, then they went on ahead. The sun falls into a hole. And then the father's trying to uh, go ahead and try and pull him out. And then there's another trap. That's yeah, where, double trap. That was crazy. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you're supposed yeah. to know that there's more than one trap along this mountain. You've been in this predicament before. Because remember, he had that yeah. scar to remind him. And he was supposed to be this John Rambo of survival. They, they, <laughs> they should have went out like Ram. They should have had a, a Rambo-like standoff which that's what i was expecting like you know and they they kind of pulled the rug under me there not yeah that that was kind of disappointing but uh the action and then like i said it kind of turned into like an action uh revenge action film with uh, the dad trying to save the daughter and like and i i I dug that too because i thought like like i said the gore was on point um you get to see like some bow and arrow action the 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 daughter is kind of like a pro now at at, right. at, at uh, archery um you know they have a gun like the dad has a gun and yeah they're just ta- they're 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 trying to fight and like the villagers were, were were pretty strong too like there's a reason that the whole town is like scared of them you know what i mean it won't go right. in that side of the mountain so i feel like they they did put up like a good fight the villagers and it was like realistic about how you know the dad and the daughter too were like holding them off um because yeah the daughter's like a beast now uh which makes sense because she's she's been training with them so definitely because also too i also liked how she's playing it off because at first i'm like okay is she really brainwashed into this whole entire thing or yeah yeah that is still there and then also too same thing with the boyfriend you don't know yeah you don't know because a lot happened between six weeks before and six weeks now Mm-hmm. And in the course of six weeks, she became a badass with the bow. She's with this uh, the king and everything. And she's also saying that she doesn't remember her father or anything. It's just pr- pretty much yeah. the thinking that she's brainwashed, basically. Yeah. No, yeah, it's it, like you said in Game of Thrones, they kind of play the same thing where it's like, is uh, Sansa, you know, is she going to go with the, her family, the Starks, or is she kind of brainwashed? with uh when she fell in love with uh joffrey you know what i mean like is she gonna protect her marriage or go with her family so i think they kind of play that dynamic well in this one and uh yeah i don't want to give away the very last scene um like you said because it is so awesome uh (laughs) i will just say that there's like a part in the last i love the last scene in general like that left me i love when a movie like leaves me like happy like just kind of on a high basically from watching it of the experience of watching it. And this one definitely did that. Um, I was like, just, you know, fist pumping in the air, like, fuck yes. 
but there's one part in it particular where they kind of try and pull the rug out from under you in the middle of it. It's kind of a, like, a, you know what I mean? Like, and I was like, uh, like if they're going to end it here, I'm kind of mad. You know, I'm not, I don't, I don't dig this ending, but then they follow through with like what I wanted in the ending. And so then I was happy. So yeah, I, I, I love how it ended. Um, okay. It's not something that you would, like ex- I mean, I did expect it, but like even so, like I said, there's a bunch of twists and turns that you might not necessarily uh, expect going into it, and, and it pays off. The payoff is just tremendous. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 a really good ending. What did you think about that the, the ending of it? I thought the ending was really good, to be honest with you. At first, I'm like, okay, I did not like this ending. I did not like the yeah, way they're going with it yeah. and that direction, and there's a complete misdirection. Yeah on the way they did it, which is something that really pleases me on the way they handled it. And then, you know, let's just say, you know, it was just a great ending on the way they did it versus how they did it with Vince, the Vince Vaughn movie, you right. know, where we are where we're it's, talking it's, about that ending. Like I, I was comparing, like speaking of promising young woman earlier, that ending, have you seen that movie yet or no? I haven't seen it. Okay. That ending is similar feeling of just like, you know, you think it's going one way and then, it, you know, it, it the, the real ending is like so satisfying. Um, so, yeah, that one just I, I highly recommend that one. It's one of my favorite movies uh, from last yeah. year. Uh, but, yeah, it's 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 tough. I feel like even like a lot of good movies uh, suffer in the endings. You know what I mean? Like they just can't they can't pull it off in a pleasing way or a satisfying way necessarily sometimes i mean like i love stephen king he's one right. of my favorite authors probably my favorite author of all time Mine too. uh he sucks at endings like i i yeah. have to admit he 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 puts in like just the first three you know if it's just like a basketball game the first three quarters the guy's lights out you know what i mean he, he's right. he's got a tri- triple double and then the fourth quarter just zero points like he just <laughs> he just it's, I, it, I don't understand why he can't land the ending like so uh yeah even the best struggle with the endings is what i'm trying to say but like this one i i definitely feel like they they pulled it off in a very satisfying way and honestly like it's only march but like this is one of my favorite movies this year uh just you know especially from like redbox uh redbox is always like you're taking a chance i feel like of what you rent depending on you know how familiar you are with it but <laughs> there you go <laughs> right if i do see it i will buy it I, I i didn't have time to check out the features when i got it from redbox last time which i was pretty mad about but i watched the deleted yeah. scenes to be honest with deleted you scenes. okay and to, to be honest with you I'm anything glad got rid of it. okay yeah when usually when i watch deleted scenes um there's a reason they're deleted honest like they're, they're usually cool to just see like what what didn't make it but yeah i usually agree like yeah this didn't need to be in the movie and like i said it, it, i feel like they could even cut down the, the running time a little bit um i mean it's not snyder cut four hours long have you, like have you seen that one yet or no oh yeah we did a spoiler review on the channel and everything i loved it i okay. loved every single minute of it um but yeah. yeah, I also did. By the way, that's actually on the audio version and also on the YouTube channel as well for people to okay. check out. Yeah, um, I, I did a review of it yesterday too on um, my my buddy's YouTube uh, Anorex, and oh, cool. uh, yeah, that was it. Got it got pretty heated. You know what I mean? We <laughs> get, we get we get very passionate when we talk like movie stuff. So yeah, that's I definitely cool. recommend that. I, I don't think it's uploaded yet though, so you <laughs> might have to wait a while. But yeah, we recorded oh. it last night. It was fun. There was something else I want to mention, though, too. Have you ever yeah. saw a movie called Midsummer? Yes. Okay. Tell me if you didn't think that it had kind of the same vibe with Midsummer versus... I know it's kids that are mm-hmm. in this foreign land, but at the same time, with Ron Kern, you actually have a kid, these kids going camping, hiking in a place that they don't know. They're in this land where these Viking-like uh, people are mm. at, and they're doing stuff that pisses them off, pisses <laughs> the uh, Vikings off. For instance, in Midsummer, you have a kid that's pissing on a log that right. happens to be an ancestor to those people. And he didn't even have a clue. In this one, you actually have the guy in his right reason 
to smash the guy's head open and everything and bash his head. <laughs> but, you know, and then it came back to bite them in the ass. And that's also yeah. the same thing that happened with Midsommar was there's repercussions and punishments done because of what they believe in. And that's what I got from both sides what, between Midsommar and this one. No, that's a good comp. I actually said that uh, when we were watching the movie because, like I said, I, I did not – I knew it was different. I didn't know how it was different. Um, my friend just, like, uh, on stereo, Pedro, he just, like, warned me, like, hey, just, like – because I asked him about it, and he's like, it's good, but, it, you know, it's different than than your other one. That's all I knew. So once it got kind of revealed and, you, you know, you saw the how the town worked – the like the the vikings um and like their their rules and stuff like that i was like oh so like midsummer uh <laughs> you know and which i'm which i was cool with because i i really like that one i really dig it too and yeah it's, i i think it is like comparable because it's just you, you know college kids in a society where they don't know anything i mean in, in midsummer i guess they're studying it so it's kind of different in that way and like they right. go they go there on purpose uh, and but they don't know just how extreme they are in that one. Uh, in this one, it's uh, it's wrong turn. So I mean, you need to you need to live up to the title. So they take the wrong turn and end up there. And I mean, I would be like it, happy if they just like made this like a series because I you know in the original the Halloween uh, movies were supposed to be different stories. Right. Uh, you know that's why Halloween three has Michael Michael Myers is not in it. Um, I actually like. Right? I actually really dig that one too. So like, I, I was I was like on board if they wanted to try and do that, but you know, the studios just want Michael Myers because money. Uh, so, yeah, right. but if they did a wrong turn, like they they did like an anthology like that where it was like, uh, you know, different stories like of just people taking wrong turns or you know, kind of like a Black Mirror thing where it's like similar themes but different stories like that. I'd be happy with that. Me too. As a matter of fact, yeah, I think so too. It can work. We've seen it work in Friday the 13th, the TV series, where they have different antiques. And, I haven't actually uh, watched that. Is that good? It's okay. I'm going to be honest with you. I remember as a kid watching it in the 90s okay. and loving it. And it, it's very cheesy now. But if you think about it, it kind of reminds you in a sense of the conjuring where each artifact, each antique mm -hmm. uh, symbolizes an episode that they went through and they actually collect mm -hmm. that item. And they, after that episode is done, they put it away in the case. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm like half, I'm split on some of the conjuring stuff. I like, I like half of the movies pretty much, but I just like yeah, the first two films. <laughs> That's you it. Know, I like, uh, I like the Annabelle two and three. I thought were pretty good too, but mm -hmm. all the other one, I didn't like the nun. I didn't like the first Annabelle. Um, but yeah, that, that's like, a, yeah, that's a good one. Have you seen the other six? Which one is your favorite? Um, yes. Yeah, so, so yeah, we were kind of talking about it earlier. Thanks for the question, by the way. Um, but yeah, I, I prefer the first one. I like I didn't get a chance to revisit it, but like I caught probably the first 20 minutes just revisiting it uh, for this discussion. And uh, I was getting sucked into it. I was like, the only reason I, the only reason I didn't finish it was because, you know, I was I was hungry and tired. I wanted to make sure I, I uh, you know, rested up before this. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to after we, we finish this, I'm going to finish it because I was just uh, I, I think it's a, it's a solid cast of actors in that first one like that. You uh, will probably recognize if you were like watching movies in the early 2000s. But it's uh, it's it's similar to like Joyride. It kind of gives me that same where, you know, kind of college age kids and they get in this crazy situation type type thing. And it's yeah. 2000s horror like that. And, but wrong turn is definitely a lot gorier. And so, yeah, I would, I'd recommend the first one um, outside of, outside of that, like uh, the secret, the sequel, the, the second one is watchable. Uh, I don't, I still don't think it's that great. And then after that, I just, I really can't, don't even remember. They all blend together. They're just the same and they're not great. Like, um, but yeah, if you've seen like the Hills of eyes, it's kind of similar with that. Um, and so, yeah, the, the, the original Hills of Eyes is, is good. The remake is good as well of Hills of Eyes. So that's like another kind of comparison there. Um, but yeah, what, what do you think? Let's see here. I only like the very first, uh, long turn movie, to be honest with you. Yeah, me too. I, it, that's it. 
I don't really feel like that there needed to be six films for the wrong turn. Definitely not. <laughs> if you're yeah. gonna reboot it, just reboot the first film and that's it, in which they did. Um I did I, here's the thing. I love the original Hills Have Eyes. I also mm-hmm. love the unrated version for the Hills Have Eyes remake. I yep. thought it was really good. Uh of course, you know, I'm always gonna love uh of course you know, Wes Craven, no matter what, because that's the original person who made the yeah. Hills of Eyes. I don't, the, the, the Hills of Eyes sequel, though, Wes Craven one, is pretty terrible. Like, that... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just watched that recently, and, like, I went into it knowing it has a bad reputation, but that one's really, really tough. Rough. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah, so I wouldn't recommend that one, but the first the first Hills of Eyes and the, and, and the remake to it, definitely, I'd recommend those two. Ryan Turn 2 is my favorite. Love Joe Lynch as the director. Yeah, you know, I, it has a lot of fans. And, like, I'm not I'm not going to lie. I haven't seen it since it came out. And before, like, Joe Lynch was a, you know, a, a household name now. So when it came out, like I said, it's watchable. I, I, I watched it uh, probably on, like, TV or sci-fi or something like that. And I was like, you know, it's de- it was like, I was like, it's decent for a sequel, you know. Like, and I, they took some interesting directions with it. It was definitely a lot funnier and self-aware. Uh, which oh. you know that's Joe Lynch's style. So I'd be interested to like revisit that and and see if my opinion has changed. But I still I still think the I, I don't know just from my my memory the first one was was my favorite growing up. Mine too. I can agree mm-hmm. with you on that as well. Uh, let's see. Tim also writes. Speaking of Wes Craven, why has Red Eye not been released on Blu-ray? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of those. There's a lot of those where it's there's different reasons for for a lot of these unreleased blu-rays i mean i'm always happy to see like some like some obscure title that's released to blu-ray uh even if i don't like it i'm just i, I like to see physical media thriving uh that's uh, one the, thing the, i miss physical media so oh yeah me too uh i will say like pr- probably one my one of my biggest ones that's not on blu-ray yet is james cameron's the abyss uh, that's mm-hmm. one that fans have been clamoring for for like years. Like, why is this not on Blu-ray? It's James fucking Cameron. It's one of our <laughs> best directors. Why is his? I think True Lies too took forever to come on Blu-ray, but I think it's finally on Blu-ray. Or maybe that one's not even on Blu-ray either. Yeah, I think that the both of those might not even be on Blu-ray. It's crazy. No. Why are these movies not on Blu-ray? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, right, it's because we have it on nuts. digital. We have True Lies on digital over there on Amazon. And everything else. So, what's yeah. the difference between that and this? I understand, but digital media is a whole lot easier to get to. But physical media is always going to be my favorite. I love holding the box in my hand, unopening the box, and just inserting a disc or a VHS tape. tape for that okay, instance. so I, I guess uh, I just looked up right now. True Lies just came out last year on okay. Blu-ray. Well, actually, you know, that's this is not even American. Oh, see, it might not even one. be. It might not even be here in America yet. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, they need to they need to step it up with those because those are like those are just two of mine that I'm like I would I'd love to have those. Like I said, it's James Cameron. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I have all his other movies on Blu-ray. Like why <laughs> why am I not getting True Lies and The Abyss? Those are some good ones. Exactly. So with that being said, that's gonna be it for the show and everything. Thank you again, Cisco, for coming yeah. and joining me. Thanks for having me. You're welcome anytime. You're always welcome on the show. Mm -hmm. I always enjoy conversing with you with horror films and stuff like that. Uh, Where can everybody reach you at? Yeah, so it's going to be Misfit underscore Minded on Twitter, Instagram, pretty much all social media and stereo. Um, And speaking of stereo, I do a show every Saturday called Saturday Matinee with my co-host Edwin, where we, you know, pit two movies together with a common theme or thread. And this week's episode uh, for Saturday is uh, Dementia. So we're watching uh, two 2020 releases that deal with that. Um, Dick Johnson is Dead, which is a a really cool documentary, which you can watch on Netflix, actually. Um, Highly recommend that one. Uh, It's it's really dark comedy (laughs) about about, uh, this daughter, this filmmaker, making this movie about her dad, um, you know, losing his, his memory, basically. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's dark. It's a dark comedy though, so it's really it's really fun, weird t- tone they reach there. And then the father, which is uh, nominated for a bunch of Oscars, and Anthony Hopkins Hopkins is in that. And I'm I still haven't seen that one yet. I'm I'm watching it this week, but um, I think that should be an interesting episode. So that'll be 
this Saturday at 2 p.m. Um, Central. Okay. And everybody, you guys can actually catch me tomorrow night at 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific Time on Stereo. Rossi mm-hmm. and I are going to be doing our review of White Boy Rick. So go ahead, sign up for our Stereo, and follow me at Movie Lovers Unit over there. Also, too, guys, I understand the pandemic actually put some holes in people's pockets and everything. But if you want to show us some love, how do you do that? You just go to www.gofundme.com forward slash Movie Lovers Unite. Donate 5 to $10 just to say thank you for everything that we do. Or if you don't, if you don't have the money or whatever, if we totally understand, that's okay, too. But we love and the support anyways. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Also, too, you guys can follow me at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite on Facebook. Underneath the same name on Instagram. And then also, too, on Pinterest as well. And then, of course, for all your entertainment needs and wants, just go to www.movieloversunite.com for all your entertainment needs and wants. And then, of course, you can follow me at Movie Lovers Unit on Twitter. And also, too, you can follow me at John DiGorio8 on Twitter. And always until next time, guys, it's been fun. It's been real. Can't wait to do this again. And bye-bye. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. This is your host, as always, from Movie Lovers Unite, John DiGorio, and I just want to sit, talk about something real quick, and that is Audible. What is Audible? I'm so glad that you guys asked. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audio books, ranging from bestsellers like Anne Rice, Stephen King, the list just goes on. Their whole entire catalog, when it comes down to audiobooks, is just fantastic. If you're on, on the road and everything, and you want an audiobook, and you want to download it fast, go ahead, go to Audible. You're not going to regret it. They actually have a trial right now that you guys can actually jump on. You can actually go on ahead, go to the link, and it'll bring you up to that trial. And a matter of fact, every month, members actually get one credit to pick any title, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection, and access to daily news digests. From the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs. Another thing, too, guys, that's not all they have. They also have, they also have finish. If you actually want to go ahead and do some things to actually better yourself for 2021, they have stuff for that too, like finishing more books or becoming a better parent, leader, or a person. How-to books, which is something that everybody seems to grab onto a lot lately. And everything else. So if you guys are actually looking for something to maybe better yourself for 2021, go on ahead, check out those books as well. They have a big catalog. You guys won't regret it. Go ahead, click on the link below in the description notes. Go on ahead. You guys won't regret it. Sign up for that trial period. And always until next time, stay safe, guys, and enjoy the show. And God bless.